Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Hear now the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit. Hear now the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation unto heaven, under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who inspired Luke to write down the events that took place on that first Pentecost. 
And we ask now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would inspire our hearts, that you would enable us to understand what you are doing on this Pentecost and what it means for us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. There's a story about a family that went to church that was getting ready, rather, for church one Pentecost Sunday. And their three-year-old son became sick to his stomach. So the boy stayed home with the father while the mother and the other children went on to worship without them. And when they returned home, the little boy asked what happened at church. Well, began the mother, today is Pentecost Sunday. And the boy interrupted, well, what does Pentecost mean? Pentecost, replied the mother, is the day that God filled the church with the Holy Spirit. Figures, said the boy, the one day I skip church and the Holy Spirit shows up. (laughs) Now, many Presbyterians have misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Some Presbyterians wonder if the Holy Spirit passed by the Presbyterian Church on the way to the Charismatic and Pentecostal churches, and they feel a little left out. Other Presbyterians worry that if the Holy Spirit figures out that they were left behind, that the Holy Spirit just might turn back around and zap them into hand-raising, smiley people who use way too much makeup and hairspray and who speak in weird languages. Now, this morning's scripture passage from the book of Acts lays both of these misconceptions to rest. The Holy Spirit did not pass by the Presbyterian church, and the Holy Spirit does not use hairspray because it's flammable. The truth about the Holy Spirit is that all of God's people, each and every one of us, has been filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can live our lives as followers of Jesus in a powerful way. Now, just before Jesus left the earth and ascended into heaven, the Lord promised that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will receive power, the power of God Almighty to turn the world upside down as his witnesses. And then 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Lord poured out his Holy Spirit on all of his followers. On that day, Jews had gathered into Jerusalem from all over the Roman Empire they were required to come to Jerusalem three times a year and make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem according to Exodus chapter 34. Passover was one of those times when Jews from all over were required to come to Jerusalem. Shavuot was another time when Jews were required to gather in Jerusalem. And then Sukkot was another time, the third time that Jews were required to gather together in Jerusalem. So from Passover, the Jews would count 50 days. It was called a Feast of Weeks. They would count the days when, the Holy, when God gave the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. So the Jews were in Egypt, and God led them out of Egypt. 
And God told them, remember, to celebrate the Feast of Succoth. And when they arrived at Mount Sinai, 50 days later, God gave them the Ten Commandments. And ever since then, Jews count the days from Passover. They count the days in anticipation and in celebration of God giving his word to them on Mount Sinai on Pentecost. And Pentecost means 50. The other festival, the festival of Sukkot, is a time when they gather together in the, in the fall and they build little huts, so to speak, to remember how they lived while they were on the Exodus. And so while they were gathered together in Jerusalem from all over the Roman Empire, the Holy Spirit came suddenly as the apostles were all together in one place, the book of Acts tells us. First, the house in which they were staying was filled with the sound of a violent blowing wind, not a gentle breeze that causes the draperies to stir, and not a gust that blows papers off the desk, but a tornado that sounded like a freight train going down the center hallway in the middle of the house. And that was just to get their attention. And then tongues of fire appeared in the room and separated and came to rest on each one of their heads. But before they could start worrying about their hair catching on fire, the Holy Spirit goes inside of them, causing them to speak in languages that they had never learned or spoken before. Well, well, you can imagine how the neighbors reacted to all the commotion that was going on in the house next door. First, they heard this violent gale force wind tearing the place apart, and then they see fire inside the house, and then they go outside and they look, and they can't imagine all this noise and where it's coming from. It must have been crazy down at the Jerusalem Police Department. Hello, ma'am? Yes. Shalom, good morning. This is the Jerusalem Police Department. There's a commotion going on? It's, it's loud, crazy? You mean like the bagel boys at one of their Bible studies? No, it's, it's even loud. Is it as crazy as a vacation Bible school? Okay, well, we're, we're on the way. We're, we're, a chariot will be there in just a moment. And as a crowd began to gather from all over the city, people began to remark, well, how is it that these uneducated apostles from a fishing village on the shore of the Sea of Galilee are able to speak in so many different languages? What does this all mean? They asked themselves. Seems as though they had forgotten that the Greek word for spirit, pneuma, and the Hebrew word for spirit, ruach, both mean breath, or wind, in addition to spirit. Seems as though they had forgotten that in addition to wind, the Holy Spirit would appear as fire throughout the Old Testament. For example, the burning bush and the pillar of fire that guarded the Israelites' camp at night during the Exodus, and also on Mount Sinai, when God descended on the mountain in fire and gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And it seems as though the people of Jerusalem 
had forgotten that God had promised 835 years earlier through the prophet Joel to pour out the Holy Spirit on all of his believers. At that time, God promised your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heaven and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. What does this all mean? A question not only for the first century church, but a question for us today. We who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior also have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul writes that nobody can say that Jesus is Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who convinces us that the gospel really is true, that Jesus really did die on the cross so that our sins would be forgiven and that he really did rise again from the dead. The Holy Spirit gives us a new heart, a born-again heart. The Holy Spirit gives us our faith. And we take that faith and we place it in Jesus' hands. And we ask him to come and live within us. And when Jesus comes and lives within us, he does so by putting his Holy Spirit in our hearts. If you have ever asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, it means that the Holy Spirit is living in your heart right now. The Holy Spirit who loves to make a grand entrance changing lives, blowing them away, and then setting things on fire. That Holy Spirit lives inside each one of us. God Almighty, the ultimate source of life and power, has taken up residence in each one of our bodies. But what does this mean? Well, first of all, it means that life as we know it is over. No more business as usual. After the apostles received the Holy Spirit, they began to do and say things that they had never imagined were possible. The leaders of the Jews and the leaders of the Romans, who once terrorized them, were no longer feared. And even though the apostles had been threatened with torture, and execution if they talked about Jesus, they walked right up to these leaders, stood toe-to-toe with them, and said, this Jesus whom you crucified is alive. And even though you've threatened to beat us and then kill us for telling others about the resurrection, we just wanted you to know about all of the preaching engagements we've just booked. And even though they were beaten, And in many cases, they were tortured to death. They still went about telling others of the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They also went out healing cripples, casting out demons, raising the dead, and starting churches throughout the Roman Empire, including Israel. In addition to changing lives, the Holy Spirit fills us with a power that we have never known before. It's better than a full night's sleep or a vacation at Club Med or an entire bottle of Geritol. (laughs) 
It's the power of God that keeps us going in the midst of discouragement and despair. It's a supernatural power that makes us want to face life even though our days are filled with agonizing pain. It's an eternal power that causes us to be filled with joy and peace even when we are grieving. What does it mean to have the Holy Spirit live inside of us? It means we can do all things through this new strength that Christ has given us, as the scriptures tell us in Philippians 4.13. It also means that we no longer have any excuses for living ungodly lives. But I just can't tell others about the love and forgiveness that comes through Christ. I don't have the courage. I don't have the energy and the willpower to resist having sex with someone I'm not married to. I don't have the patience to help kids learn the scriptures. Call someone else. I'm too tired to worship the Lord every Sunday. I need to sleep in now and then. No willpower, no courage, no energy, no strength. Who do you think lives inside of us? The spirit of a flea? The spirit who tiptoes around the universe? The Holy Spirit of God Almighty lives inside of us. Remember, the scriptures tell us in 2 Timothy chapter 1 that God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. So fan into flame this gift of God. One of the ways that we can do this is by following a little tract that was put together by Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. It was called, he called it spiritual breathing. He says you exhale by confessing your sins to God, and you inhale by asking God to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. So when you're wondering about the power of the Holy Spirit within you, if you feel like it's not there, just confess to God your sins. And then ask the Lord to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. And God will do that every time. Feeling spiritually weak? Feeling like a coward? Feeling like a failure? Feeling cold and empty? We've all been there. Just ask the Holy Spirit who lives within you to set you on fire with his power again. Ask the Holy Spirit to blow through you like a hurricane. You know what this means? There's no turning back. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us now. And we will never, ever be the same again. It enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation unto heaven under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, 
residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who inspired Luke to write down the events that took place on that first Pentecost. And we ask now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would inspire our hearts, that you would enable us to understand what you were doing on this Pentecost and what it means for us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. There's a story about a family that went to church that was getting ready, rather, for church one Pentecost Sunday. And their three-year-old son became sick to his stomach. So the boy stayed home with the father while the mother and the other children went on to worship without them. And when they returned home, the little boy asked what happened at church. Well, began the mother, today is Pentecost Sunday. And the boy interrupted, well, what does Pentecost mean? Pentecost, replied the mother, is the day that God filled the church with the Holy Spirit. Figures, said the boy, the one day I skip church and the Holy Spirit shows up. Now, many Presbyterians have misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Some Presbyterians wonder if the Holy Spirit passed by the Presbyterian Church on the way to the Charismatic and Pentecostal churches, and they feel a little left out. Other Presbyterians worry that if the Holy Spirit figures out that they were left behind, that the Holy Spirit just might turn back around and zap them into hand-raising, smiley people who use way too much makeup and hairspray and who speak in weird languages. Now, this morning's scripture passage from the book of Acts lays both of these misconceptions 
to rest. The Holy Spirit did not pass by the Presbyterian Church. And the Holy Spirit does not use hairspray because it's flammable. (laughs) The truth about the Holy Spirit is that all of God's people, each and every one of us, has been filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can live our lives as followers of Jesus in a powerful way. Now, just before Jesus left the earth and ascended into heaven, the Lord promised that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will receive power, the power of God Almighty to turn the world upside down as his witnesses. And then 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Lord poured out his Holy Spirit on all of his followers. On that day, Jews had gathered into Jerusalem from all over the Roman Empire. They were required to come to Jerusalem three times a year and make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, according to Exodus chapter 34. Passover was one of those times when Jews from all over were required to come to Jerusalem. Shavuot was another time when Jews were required to gather in Jerusalem. And then Sukkot was another time, the third time that Jews were required to gather together in Jerusalem. So from Passover, the Jews would count 50 days. It was called a Feast of Weeks. They would count the days when the Holy when God gave the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. So the Jews were in Egypt, and God led them out of Egypt, and God told them, remember, to celebrate the Feast of Succoth. And when they arrived at Mount Sinai, 50 days later, God gave them the Ten Commandments. And ever since then, Jews count the days from Passover. They count the days in anticipation and in celebration of God giving his word to them on Mount Sinai on Pentecost. And Pentecost means 50. The other festival, the festival of Succoth is a time when they gather together in the, in the fall and they build little huts, so to speak, to remember how they lived while they were on the Exodus. And so while they were gathered together in Jerusalem from all over the Roman Empire, the Holy Spirit came suddenly as the apostles were all together in one place, the book of Acts tells us. First, the house in which they were staying, was filled with the sound of a violent, blowing wind. Not a gentle breeze that causes the draperies to stir, and not a gust that blows papers off the desk, but a tornado that sounded like a freight train going down the center hallway in the middle of the house. And that was just to get their attention. And then tongues of fire appeared in the room and separated and came to rest on each one of their heads. But before they could start worrying about their hair catching on fire, the Holy Spirit goes inside of them, causing them to speak in languages that they had never learned or spoken before. 
Well, well, you can imagine how the neighbors reacted to all the commotion that was going on in the house next door. First, they heard this violent gale force wind tearing the place apart, and then they see fire inside the house, and then they go outside and they look, and they can't imagine all this noise and where it's coming from. It must have been crazy down at the Jerusalem Police Department. (laughs) Hello, ma'am? Yes. Shalom, good morning. This is the Jerusalem Police Department. There's a commotion going on? It's, It's loud, crazy? You mean like the bagel boys at one of their Bible studies? No, it's, it's even loud. Is it as crazy as a vacation Bible school? Okay, well, we're, we're on the way. We're, we're, a chariot will be there in just a moment. And as a crowd began to gather from all over the city, people began to remark, well, how is it that these uneducated apostles from a fishing village on the shore of the Sea of Galilee are able to speak in so many different languages. What does this all mean? They asked themselves. Seems as though they had forgotten that the Greek word for spirit, pneuma, and the Hebrew word for spirit, ruach, both mean breath or wind in addition to spirit. Seems as though they had forgotten that in addition to wind, the Holy Spirit would appear as fire throughout the Old Testament. For example, the burning bush and the pillar of fire that guarded the Israelites' camp at night during the Exodus, and also on Mount Sinai, when God descended on the mountain in fire and gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And it seems as though the people of Jerusalem had forgotten that God had promised 835 years earlier through the prophet Joel to pour out the Holy Spirit on all of his believers. At that time, God promised your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heaven and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. What does this all mean? A question not only for the first century church, but a question for us today. We who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior also have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul writes that nobody can say that Jesus is Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who convinces us that the gospel really is true, that Jesus really did die on the cross so that our sins would be forgiven, and that he really did rise again from the dead. The Holy Spirit gives us a new heart, a born-again heart. The Holy Spirit gives us our faith. And we take that faith and we place it in Jesus' hands. And we ask him to come and live within us. And when Jesus comes and lives within us, he does so by putting his Holy Spirit in our hearts. If you have ever asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, it means that the Holy Spirit is living in your heart right now. The Holy Spirit who loves to make a grand entrance changing lives, blowing them away. 
and then setting things on fire. That Holy Spirit lives inside each one of us. God Almighty, the ultimate source of life and power, has taken up residence in each one of our bodies. But what does this mean? Well, first of all, it means that life as we know it is over. No more business as usual. After the apostles received the Holy Spirit, they began to do and say things that they had never imagined were possible. The leaders of the Jews and the leaders of the Romans, who once terrorized them, were no longer feared. And even though the apostles had been threatened with torture and execution if they talked about Jesus, they walked right up to these leaders, stood toe-to-toe with them, and said, this Jesus whom you crucified is alive. And even though you've threatened to beat us and then kill us for telling others about the resurrection, we just wanted you to know about all of the preaching engagements we've just booked. And even though they were beaten, and in many cases they were tortured to death, they still went about telling others of the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They also went out healing cripples, casting out demons, raising the dead, and starting churches throughout the Roman Empire, including Israel. In addition to changing lives, the Holy Spirit fills us with a power that we have never known before. It's better than a full night's sleep or a vacation at Club Med or an entire bottle of Geritol. (laughs) It's the power of God that keeps us going in the midst of discouragement and despair. It's a supernatural power that makes us want to face life even though our days are filled with agonizing pain. It's an eternal power that causes us to be filled with joy and peace even when we are grieving. What does it mean to have the Holy Spirit live inside of us? It means we can do all things through this new strength that Christ has given us, as the scriptures tell us in Philippians 4.13. It also means that we no longer have any excuses for living ungodly lives. But I just can't tell others about the love and forgiveness that comes through Christ. I don't have the courage. I don't have the energy and the willpower to resist having sex with someone I'm not married to. I don't have the patience to help kids learn the scriptures. Call someone else. I'm too tired to worship the Lord every Sunday. I need to sleep in now and then. No willpower, no courage, no energy, no strength. Who do you think lives inside of us? The spirit of a flea? The spirit who tiptoes around the universe? The Holy Spirit of God Almighty lives inside of us. Remember, the scriptures tell us in 2 Timothy chapter 1 that God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power 
of love and self-discipline. So fan into flame this gift of God. One of the ways that we can do this is by following a little tract that was put together by Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. It was called, he called it spiritual breathing. He says you exhale by confessing your sins to God, and you inhale by asking God to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. So when you're wondering about the power of the Holy Spirit within you, if you feel like it's not there, just confess to God your sins. And then ask the Lord to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. And God will do that every time. Feeling spiritually weak? Feeling like a coward? Feeling like a failure? Feeling cold and empty? We've all been there. Just ask the Holy Spirit who lives within you to set you on fire with his power again. Ask the Holy Spirit to blow through you like a hurricane. You know what this means? There's no turning back. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us now. And we will never, ever be the same again. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.